Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of A Crack in the Plan. My name is Jordan, your host and dungeon master for this original Dungeons & Dragons adventure. This week's episode is brought to you by the Gifted World book series. If the kids in your life are into books like Alex Ryder or My Hero Academia, this is a book series for you, written by our own L. Danny Valencia, who you know now in game as Dindal Valian. Check out his series on Amazon today, the link in the episode description. This week's episode is called, Because I Have Been So Cruel. Alright. As you walk into the city, uh, the boys are back in town, plays on the loudspeakers. <laughs> um, Disadvantage to our stealth? Yes. <laughs> um, Bracken. Mm-hmm. You have some things that you would like to do. Yeah. What would you like to do? Um, I'm going to go to find Phineas. Oh, interesting choice. Mm-hmm. And Ferb. <laughs> Duh. It's his twin. Yep. Don't spoil it. Shh. <laughs> Alright. So, you make your way through uh, portions of the ruined city in Port 13. Um, and you find your way to... Um, Phineas's candle shop. I'm gonna go in the door. Okay. Uh, when you open the door, or when you get to the door, the uh, there's a bell on the inside. Galen, do you go with her inside, or do you post up outside? Bracken, do you want company in there? I mean, it's probably safer for you in here, so... Fine. And I can, I can loiter. I'm good at loitering. <laughs> no, it's you can come in. It's fine. All right. You go in. The bell dings. <laughs> the, the bell tolls. Ernest Hemingway walks out. Um. The bell rings, and uh, you hear from behind the curtain. Be with you in a minute. Have no, Phineas. You know I'm impatient. And you hear a clattering of things. And the curtain that leads to the back, like, is thrown aside. Just, Bracken, what are you doing here? And you see him, both of you see this. He pulls a wand from his vest. And you see him cast a spell. And Dino, the door is just closed behind you. Wrong name. Dino? I would be Galen. Galen. <laughs> Dindal would be the one that went with Cathra. Oh, DM fail. Um, Galen, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, the door is just closed behind you, and you hear this. Uh, you hear like seventeen locks lock into place, <laughs> and you're not sure where they come from, but a bunch of. Like curtains close behind you, and they cover the front of the building. And Phineas like leaps leaps the counter, like, uh, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" I needed to talk to you, and um, and the person that had been in contact with you was not able is not able to do so anymore. Pollock is dead. I'm sorry. 
What? No. What now? We found Holick. Well, he found Holick with his heart ripped from his chest. So I didn't think he'd be able to contact you anymore. He curses under his breath. Now, now, no need to use certain language. Come in the back. You friend. Come, come on. So, I follow the back. Okay, he ushers the both of you back, and um, he closes closes the curtain. Okay, so Holic's dead. What else? Why are you here? The Marajan's after you. He told me about the merchant. I wasn't supposed to tell you about that. Not yet. Not yet. At least he did it before he died. (laughs) Of course he wasn't. Oh, your old friend was very good at sticking his nose into places it didn't belong. And she sounds, like, angry. I mean, (laughs) yeah, he he was. If he wasn't dead, I'd kill him myself. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, wow, okay. Um, <sighs> yeah. So, does, does he know about... And kind of looks at Galen and just, like, takes a really long minute. No, but... I think he's smart enough to keep a secret. Well, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, um, the merchant, uh, his name is Melkor. M E L C H O R. So, here's what happens few weeks ago you were still here mm-hmm. guy walks into my shop <laughs> I go through my regular hey can I help you find something we well, got all the best blah 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 <laughs> he he knows all the code words to do the extra business that I also partake in. Mm-hmm. And he, he like he leans around Bracken and he looks at you, Galen, and he goes, I'm a smuggler. It's really what I do. The rest is a front. They're not very good candles. I wouldn't light one. That is a lie, you take that back. <laughs> I will I will store you in a candle. You wouldn't do it. And he gets this, like, puppy dog look. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. I wouldn't. Um, he goes, he knew what to say. He knew who, he knew. He knew what he needed to get me to talk. And to talk privately. 
So he and I start discussing what he wants me to uh, to send overseas. Well, not overseas to Lycanus. And then he starts talking about his son. And he starts telling this sad tale of he comes home one night and it's raining and he opens the door and there in the bedroom where he is supposed to be in bed there is there is his son but then there is this person, assassin And he describes you to a T. He says, you have the child wrapped in your arms and you're calling out your brother's names. Bracken, what am I supposed to do with that? He, he had you pegged. I obfuscated. I, I sent him away. I told him I couldn't do business. He comes back the next day. And then he says, oh, I'm going to bring the guards. And so finally I agree to actually have a conversation with the guy. This is, this is the day after you left. He says... He says, I don't want revenge. He says, I want to set, I want to set it right. And he says, he says, I don't want her to live with the burden. That she shouldn't feel that guilt, that it should be me. <laughs> to speak with you. Did he sound truthful? I mean, I believed him. So I took it to the council. They believed him. Calvin believed him? Yeah, Calvin believed him. You don't, you don't, Bracken, look at me. You don't know what Calrin can do. He knows. He knows how to get the truth out of somebody. She has her, like I do, has her hand on her chest. And her other hand just wrapped around her side, just trying to, like, breathe. Just being trans, just him describing exactly what happened and just being transported back. I want this over with. I want to get it done. How long will it take to get it ready? To get a meeting set? Two hours? Do it. Okay. Please. Do you need to stay here? Um. That's probably the easiest place for you to find us. 
Um, are you, Galen? Are you, are you okay with staying here for a little bit? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if that's fine, we'll stay in the back. Okay. Um, I'll lock up when I leave. I'll go tell Calrin. Okay. And I'll I'll come get. You. He says I'll come get you in an hour. Um, and he says, he says, hey, he, he like reaches out and he puts his hand on top of yours. He's, he squeezes. He says, hey, there's a kettle on. You know where the tea is. We're all right. Thank you. And so he leaves and the two of you are left alone. Now. Switching gears. <laughs> um, so, Cathra and Dindal, the two of them go one way. Where would you two like to go? Where to, milady? Well, <laughs> lady. do you want to check your tower out? No, it's not going anywhere. Um, All right. Whatever you gotta um, do can. Uh, honestly, honestly, uh. I really need to read my book. I mean, that's a good point. I do need to do some reading. Yeah, <laughs> we're so... Um, we're just going to go sit in corners and read. Yeah, <laughs> do you know a good place? Can we go... Is it is it safe? Can we go back to, like... I mean, I know some places that we could go hang out and do just do some reading. Yeah, that's literally all I need. If, if I can get that done today, I'm hoping that'll give me some answers. Um... Yeah, um, so there's some tea shops and stuff in town. There's some places that are pretty, you know, relaxed that we could go and just hang out. Um, then I'll roll. Well, no, actually, you don't have to roll this. Um, you, you do have. So, your tower, it is not solely above ground. Okay. There is. There is a hidden underground entrance, and there's about three levels of your tower beneath the street level um, that you can access secret ways. Um, if that is something you want to attempt, you're free. You also can go to the tea shops or, or mm -hmm. whatever else you want to do. Um, I mean, we could do the tea shops, or we could kind of maybe kill two birds with one stone and there's some subterranean tunnels and stuff that lead to my tower and they're kind of mostly unknown by the others what do you think's safer well i mean i know that they told us that we'd be okay and that the marjan won't be looking for us here but yeah i don't know that i feel the safest just no me neither sitting in public yeah no i i second that so i mean we could try one of these secret tunnels and okay um yeah let's yeah it's probably a good idea um i don't know if there's gotta be i mean i'm not a mastermind of anything but there's gotta be somebody street level that they hire to keep yeah uh, so yeah it makes yeah. me a little nervous to just be out so definitely do you, do you have any way of like maybe hiding 
yourself and maybe finding a better <laughs> I want to give you a way of dealing with this you like a <laughs> can we or... make this not like this? This, well I mean I'm not that well known I'm not like you I, I was I only know, here a few like weeks a, I know but maybe like put a big hat on or <laughs> put a cloak on or something I'm wearing plate armor I mean you think a straw hat is gonna you know detract from the plate armor <laughs> I mean a ton but um i don't know i don't know what i have do you have a like i have some ink i can color your hair <laughs> my hair is black oh dang it i don't probably would have done that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's literally right here you can't uh, be black. that unaware <laughs> <laughs> with people yes well, with books no all right well. <laughs> memories of penelope <laughs> yeah Ooh. Um. Rip. I mean, <laughs> bad social. I I I don't even have a cloak. Is there a store to like? I don't. How far do we have to go to get underground? Um, about twelve blocks. You know, twelve blocks or so, so we could maybe get something on the way. I, mean, I don't know. I'm get... new to this. I don't know. Well, once we get underground, but uh, getting me underground. Uh, is there anything near? Is there like a shop right here? Or uh, nothing not? that you're familiar with, because you don't you don't know this district super well. Okay. Well, maybe we just go fast. I don't know. Hopefully, they won't. I don't. I got nothing here. Do you have a cloak? Do you have a t-shirt? I can put anything on. <laughs> Throw a t-shirt. I guess give her. Some... Will it fit over my armor? No, you have to doff your armor. I'm not taking my armor off, so this little t-shirt is not going to work. Can I have my t-shirt back? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's uh, my lucky t-shirt from college. You know, anytime <laughs> I, I wore it for every test. Wow. You were, you're still at college. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the two, you're able to. You're able to slip into the district. Um, you do know you're you're not obviously you're not a nefarious type, mm -hmm. um, but you do know secret ways in and out, mm -hmm. um, and so uh, you there's a there's a building in a oh geez. there's a building in an alley that is it's owned by the king, like because the king just owns like just different random things to the city um this is something Belrose sh showed you um and it's it's mostly just a quick in and out um to avoid people mm -hmm. really um get ways get places quicker uh than just being on the street the whole time right. um and so there is there is one building in particular you know um, you walk down the alley and you go in and uh, it's, you know, there are crates covered uh, with sheets and there is one door um, that it looks like it's locked. Um, but he showed you th uh, where there's a key kept. Um, and so you're able to grab the key, you unlock it, you put it back. And there's like when you open the door and then get 
behind it, you can reach your hand back through and lock. Uh, and there's a key. There's another. There's a partner key on the back side. Okay. Um, you're in this kind of underground. Um, used basically just it's an old part of the city that they built up for. Okay. Um, so like there's existing streets and stuff, and it's basically abandoned. Um, there's the occasional rodent, rodent. Um, uh, but you are able to, from this point, pass freely into the district and to the entrance under your tower, should you so choose. So, yeah. So if your uh, tower isn't burned. Then the king lied to you. Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I am too. That's what I'm trying to process right now. If the king. And then the <sighs> king's son was copied. Oh, is yeah. There's a. There's definitely something going on. And so, if that's the case, then. We have the king after us. Very sticky. But why would the king send us away? I mean, he could have just taken care of us while we were here. I don't know. Maybe there's information he wanted. Maybe he was hoping that we'd get caught on the road. But I don't know. I don't know that the king even did anything. Maybe, like Galen said, maybe they just... It was a small localized fire or something. I don't know. I just... Like I said, this is not my realm. This is not where my expertise lies. So this is all kind of new territory for us. How long has the king been in power? Um, so <laughs> then I'll, you know that uh, Hostis, Hostis has been on the throne since he was 19. And he's in his early 50s now. You and I talked about this forever ago. Yeah. But the tradition is that at a certain age, mm -hmm. in his mid-60s, um, he willingly steps down for his oldest son, Valentine, right. to take the throne. Um, and that the Stone Spears... And, Catherine, you know this too. So the Stone Spears, they've been in power for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Like 4,000 some odd years. Um that's why the that's why the dwarves are they're their own people their mm -hmm. own nation but they are <laughs> uh, Bracken you get inspiration <laughs> um, fantastic thank you um, for the name tags you're welcome <laughs> um, uh, but like you know because you're loosely connected yeah. to Dwarven royal royalty, um, you know that the Dwarven kingdoms, like, or the Dwarven kingdom, because it's one kingdom, mm -hmm. um, a bunch of different people under it, but you are one, you're, you are truly one nation of people. Um, and you guys pay a hefty tax. Mm -hmm. But in, you know, but the Stone Spears, they have been fair. They have, um, they have helped, um, uh, the, so in the Fordlands, they, 
the Stone Spears, they created what's called the Kalos. Um, the Kalos, uh, think, uh, think the Texas Rangers. Okay. Um, so they come and they help. Uh, so they're, they're based in Ocranus, mm-hmm. where, um, where you've been before. Yep. Um, so they're based there, but they come, they come north with you to the, uh, toward, to the mountains. Okay. They, uh, at every Dwarven outpost and citadel that you've served at, uh, during the, during the rotations you had, mm-hmm. um, there were always Kalos members alongside you and the Goliath and the Arcokra and all of that. Okay. Um, so you fought with these guys before. They're all loyal to the king. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so in your experience, and Daniel, this is true for you too, like in your experience, and especially because of your close relationship with Hostess, like you you extend a lot of trust in his direction right, right. he is in the in the years that he's known you he has never once given you any reason to doubt him right and so yeah everything I have is pretty much because of him and Bell yeah so. um so I mean he's been in charge for over 30 years so he's been Taker these lines for a long time, and I wouldn't say he's you know ready to give up the power just yet, but you know he's still got at least fifteen years, maybe. If, if you will, and then. Yeah, I mean, I, I hadn't you know personally heard anything, but I you know I'm not close. I mean, close. he kind of you know gave me the opportunity, and Bell. It's because of those two that I am where I am, and. I mean, not literally, but, you know, like yeah. my position. Mm-hmm. But I don't... I, I There's a part of me that wants to trust him and wants to believe that he's on our side. But it's very odd. You know what I'm saying? It's Something's not adding up. I feel like I've been saying that a lot, that stuff doesn't make sense. No, that's kind of been the theme of the last week or so. <laughs> that's the DM's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! You know, it's almost like some cosmic force is messing with us. (laughs) (laughs) A benevolent (laughs) god. I mean, maybe, maybe we we missed it. Maybe because maybe there was a fire. Yeah, it's very possible that there's something that we missed. There's possible that they faked a story and something happened. Maybe we should have asked somebody, like a townsperson or something, if anything (laughs) happened. But um. I assume we're walking and talking yeah. as we're going, yeah. but um, good old walk and talk, walk and talk, mm-hmm. man. Um, but yeah, we should definitely maybe do some snooping and see um, if anybody knows anything. Um, do you need to talk to the king about his son and what we saw? At some point, yeah, that probably should happen. <laughs> definitely um, tell him, but that might need to come after we know if the king. Is in the clear. Yeah, this. Eric's definitely like. I don't want to say the black sheep of the family, but he's definitely got a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some angst there about being the second born and having to do, kind of the more menial stuff. Like when before I left, he. I caught him in the street, and he was like, he was, 
really upset that he was having to go see the barbarian thanes and um you know he was you know belittling them and talking down at them saying that he really hated that he had to go see these savages and things so he um, don't let galen hear you say that <laughs> well i mean when i said that one thing in the fight that's kind of what i was talking about but it kind of mm. fit okay. a little bit yeah kind of stretched a little bit so but um I don't know. I still thought he was, you know, a good guy. But, you know, I just thought those were quirks. I didn't think he was going to, you know, turn to the dark side kind of thing. Man, I kind of miss the days where just killing orcs. Yeah. I, I never I thought reading. I would say that. <laughs> yeah, the olden days definitely were, uh... A little less complicated. In some ways, yeah. In some ways, yeah. And so about this time, you get to what would have, or what was, or what is, I guess, the entrance to your tower. Um, underneath, so, Dindal, uh, when you when you would walk in the front door of your tower, the big open common study area um, where you gave impromptu lectures and that was that was kind of the most common gathering spot for folk um to the back left corner um uh, the back left corner of a round room but what would have been like considered the back of the room mm -hmm. um there was a small alcove with a door that was a door you generally kept locked um beneath uh so the the first floor down a lot of it you kept uh like kitchen supplies and food and stuff the floor below that um you kept rare books like very rare books um uh out of game the book you and i talked about today mm -hmm. that's where you keep that book mm -hmm. i need to get that um uh, and then the floor below that it would be the entrance to the tunnels mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then there is one floor below that that Belrose told you never take anyone into never show them do you know the room I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. okay I'll text you about it yeah later. text me about it okay. I'm trying to blink on that one I think you and I talked about it once about a year ago okay um Sure we'll come back to it. Yeah, uh, but so where this, where this room is, is that third level down. Okay. Um. This is kind of a it's a it's a storage, and then it goes up to your quote rare book library. You don't have like trapped doors or anything, do you? No, just locks. Just okay. you know, pretty standard. And you have. You like, you have those keys with you. That's something you would have kept, just kept right. on your person. Yeah. So I'll just kind of like check the door, just to make sure does it look like it's been used at all recently. Roll investigation check. Roll an investigation check. There we go. Uh, Seventeen. Looks fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, we should be good. Doesn't look like anyone's been this way. So. I'll... Get the key in and 
open it. Okay. Uh, so you open it, and uh, when you swing it open to your immediate right, there, uh, there's a torch stand, and there's a, there's a fresh torch there that you can take down and light if you wish. Yeah. So we can go up to my library and pretty secluded, pretty you know. I don't think we'll run into anybody, so I guess we can do some reading there. And well, um, just pointing it out that like if they didn't burn this down, do we want to be up where people can find us or stay down here in the hidden parts? I mean, this is still underground, but yeah, if we want to stay in this area, we can stay in this room. You really want to check it out, though, don't you? I just went on like get that off my chest, you know, get that off my mind, I guess. All right, let's. This is ironic that I'm saying this, but quietly go. Yeah, I'll be able to cast silence, you know. I can make sure that we uh, aren't heard. Okay. I will follow you then. So I'll go up the stairs to the, the floor above. Okay. So you make, so you come in and to your left, there's there's the locked door. There's the locked door that Belrose told you to keep to yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a staircase that leads up. This this room is mostly storage. Um, you go up, or you, you can go up and go into your rare book library. Um, there are six shelves. Um, there's so there's one shelf around the wall, like covers most of the wall, um, with the exception of where the stairs are. Uh, and then across the room, there are five other bookshelves. And there's two large tables um that sit like one near the stairs and then one like the back side of the room um there's candles that you would put that you would place there for when you're down there reading uh could we make a quick pit, quick pit stop over here weren't they supposed to get all these books out of there out of here too yeah i mean i i thought but um maybe they just haven't gotten to it maybe um, so I'm going to go find the, my book that I, we talked about. Okay. So, uh, it takes you two or three minutes. You, you know, right where it is right. and yeah, it's, it's small. It's not real big. Um, and you, you are able to keep that. So you have marked that you have that you have that book in your inventory. Cool. All right. Um, we can go, I mean, we don't have to go up. We can. No, let's let's go see what if there's anything left. Hope, hopefully, there was a fire up a couple floors or something. <laughs> yeah, I never mm-hmm. thought I'd have that same thought. That I hope my hope my tower was burned down. Yeah, it's. Does it smell like? No, uh, doesn't smell like a fire. That's maybe not... it was a magical fire. Yeah. I mean, we don't actually have to go in. I think the fact that if we can get up to this next floor and not see any burning or charring, that's kind of, that's pretty telling information right there. Yeah, but since we're here, do you want to go check, see what's, see if we can see if anything's been messed with? Okay. Um, so I want to go to the door that would lead up there, yep. but I want to cast silence right there. Okay. So... You cast silence, and you you can you can go up to the door. So I cast it, go to the door, 
You unlock. Unlock. I just kind of want to peek out. Just barely open it. Okay. So you peek out in that common room. Yeah. Nothing. It, no. Looks like the day you you left it. Close it again. And I walk out the twenty feet or so. Okay. To or walk out of the silent space. Yeah. Back down to her. There's no sign of anything. Does this feel weird to you? It's suspicious. It's very suspicious. This is your home. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it up to you. Do no. you feel safe going up or do you think No, I don't want to go up. Okay. I, I think I have all the information I need. I just wanted to see if there was anything. Okay, then let's just stay down here. I'll relock it. Let's go back down to my library or we can go back to the tunnels. What do you think? I mean, I'm okay down here in this library. Okay. We'll hear someone and... Yeah. All right. So you're able to light the candles. Mm-hmm. Um, it lights the room up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to spend the time studying your both of your books. I will say you can both finish your books if you spend the if you spend the entire day here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll plan on it. Um, as long as we don't get interrupted. You know, yes. Okay. Bracken. Yeah. Kaylin. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> you two have several hours to yourselves um, before <laughs> before this. Um, all that. Before we unpack all this. Uh. What do you do? What do you do with your time? Bracken's pacing a lot. Just, do you ask any questions at all? Do you... Oh. I'm gonna... I'm gonna sit in a corner. There's an empty corner. And... I'm gonna try to trance. Okay. Because I've been up... At this point... Like 30 hours. 28 hours, something like that. So I'm going to try to trance and see if I can get a four-hour get-along rest. So. Okay. Um, about an hour goes by, and you hear the front doors unlock. I grab... I have. I probably grabbed a dagger the second we got him. Mm-hmm. Came in. Or the second uh, he left, but I... Camille's left, but I grab... I hold on to it and just kind of freeze. Um, you hear the bell you hear the doors unlock you hear the bell chime and you hear Bracken it's me we're in here um, come on Calred is uh, getting the council together I go over to Galen I kind of nudge him mm. <sighs> no chance for you my friend I'm afraid that's yeah, alright. I've Good. gone without sleep before. Mm. So if I, it doesn't end well. Don't pass out, please. I can't carry you. I'm not I'm not close to that. That's good. And I'll walk out. Okay. Follow Phineas. So uh Also the face that he said that Mukar described mm-hmm. was it the one I have on now or the other one? He describes both. 
Okay. So remember, remember back to your oh. conversation with Holly. Yep. Holly said that he spent a ton of money to figure out who you were. That's right. You go with Phineas. Um, I want you both to roll me uh, stealth checks. See how conspicuous you can stay. 25. Okay. <laughs> 11. Okay. So, it's pretty crowded outside the the city is beginning to buzz um the district is beginning to come alive and uh at one point you're walking through the crowd and somebody shoulder checks you um they're just like sorry 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 um but it does kind of like several people see it bracken the you you follow phineas Mm -hmm. to kilrin's home um it is out of port 13 um in uh what's in what's called cherry hill cherry hill is so you go back into the warehouse district you skirt the edge of the warehouse district to get to cherry hill cherry hill is this kind of very hilly part of the city it's a lot of uppity ups and the rich folk but the but this is where Kelrin's safe house is mm-hmm. you make it into Cherry Hill and you get to Kelrin's home you are brought inside and Kaelin when you walk in Phineas you see so Phineas is this tall um, he, human. I think he's human. Um, I'm going to assume he's human. Yeah, okay, he is. Yeah. Uh, he immediately, like, he walks in the foyer and he peels off and he disappears. And you and Bracken are left standing there and walks uh, this individual. He has an air of authority about him. Um, he's in uh, he's in black robes and uh, he's a he's a full elf like you and he immediately he greets Bracken Bracken it's good to see you again I wish I could say the same considering the circumstances were you ever able to find anything out about the professor um no not really um it's been complicated um expect details let's just say the marajan have made things a lot more difficult And he sidesteps you for the moment. And this tall elven male introduces himself. Hello, friend. My name is Kelrin Yellow. Hi, I'm uh, Galen. Galen, it's good to meet you. 
How long have you known Bracken here? Uh, made her acquaintance about a week ago. No, no might be a bit of a strong <laughs> term. How well do we know anyone? Well, <laughs> Galen, typically, what Bracken is here for is not something that we would let an outsider see. However, I'm willing to make an exception this time, given that this is an extreme circumstance. Bracken, are you fine if he stays? Would it be, or will you be more comfortable if he stays? Um, he can stay. A word. There are no weapons allowed inside the chamber. From anyone. Fine. Okay. Galen, will you come with me, please? Yeah. Okay. Um, I glance at Bracken. Like, is this guy okay? She just will nod to you. Go to the ceremony room. And, uh, there's a change of clothes for you there. So traditional. Bracken. Traditions have meaning. Yes, I, I know. Fine. And I'll walk off. Okay. Kind of over my shoulder say. Don't kill him, please, when I leave. I call dibs. You mean Galen? Yes. Fine. And he kind of... He kind of nudges you. He goes, don't worry. I wouldn't kill you. I appreciate that. Come with me. And he leads you... Um, he leads you in the same direction that you saw Phineas go um he leads you into this antechamber and he says uh he says if you don't mind um if you have any weapons please leave them here by tradition weapons are not allowed in the chamber so um Galen will take his belt knife and his light hammer and his maul which are the only weapons that he is carrying to yeah. the best of his knowledge yep. um, and lays them and he says oh no he's got javelins he takes the javelins too <laughs> almost forgot about those um, it says the other things I don't care so much about but I really like it if my mall was still here when I came out. I'd hate to have to make another one. <laughs> no one will touch these. They will be safe. And he reaches out. What shoulder is the 
would you normally wear the pauldron? I know you're not wearing the pauldron. What shoulder would you normally wear? Right. The right. Obviously not knowing. He puts his hand on your right shoulder. He says, come with me. Do you, like, do you, like, flinch or react? No. No. Okay. No. He's, um, he's, it's covered, so he's, he's okay. Okay. Um, so he leads you, um, up a set of about four stone stairs, um, into this dark, kind of smoke-filled <laughs> chamber. Um, you walk, you're, you're on a platform, and you see there's a, there's a chamber kind of beneath you, about ten feet. Um, where you walk there's they're seeing enough for about 15 people um he walks to the very center and is seated he motions for you to sit right next to him um he says uh as of right now you and he are the only two in here he says uh he says there will be a few others but tradition is that you and I will not speak none of the council members will speak um, while this exchange occurs we are here as witnesses I will speak at the beginning and I will speak at the close other than that we remain silent can you abide by these rules yes okay so uh, over the course of about 15 minutes um, there's two other individuals that join you um, one is a human male uh, he is dressed very fine uh, long uh, brown hair with streaks of white a high collared cape that he wears and um, as he as he passes behind you you see him he, he reaches down and he he bends down and he whispers something in Kaelrin's ear. And Kaelrin, he just, he places his arm, or his, his hand on the guy's hand. And he kind of taps it. And he says, you hear him. He says, thank you, Hugo. There's one other person that joins. Kind of a slight, slighter build uh, half-elf. He comes in and he does the same thing. He he reaches down and he, he whispers in Kellerin's ear and you hear him respond uh, thank you June and so you look down and Kellerin is next to you and about four seats down is Hugo and like three seats beyond that June sits Bracken you go into the dressing chamber mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, the last time you were here you were here with uh, Tam and Sally. Mm -hmm. You lay your weapons down. There is, there is a traditional robe that you wear. Um, you're fully covered. There's, you know, there's nothing exposed. There's nothing weird. Um, it's just ceremonial. Mm -hmm. So you put on the ceremonial clothing. Um, and there's a there's a halfling woman that comes in she says come sweetie it's time just nod and follow her um so just before Bracken comes out you see uh you see two men 
come out and they set a table. This wooden table, four by four. Um, they set a candle in the middle and they set a bowl. To you, it looks like bronze, possibly gold, but bronze is closer to what it looks like. And they set chairs on either side. Not a, not more than a minute or so after they set the table. Bracken is let out, and she's seated. Um, about a minute or so later, from the opposite side, a human... It looks human. Could could be a half elf. You're not really sure. Is let out. He is taller, kind of stocky. He's seated across from Bracken. Kaelrin stands. Council members. Bracken, please rise. I do. Melkor. Please rise. And he he says it with a, a tinge of coldness to his voice. Um, you can tell he doesn't love this situation, but it is what it is. He says, Melkor, please rise. So Melkor stands. We're here today for a simple purpose. Melkor, you have asked for counsel and for an audience. You are given both. Should you break your word, you will agree as the contract is signed, or as the contract that you signed said that you are you will forfeit your life. Should you choose violence? And Bracken, you see to this point he's not made eye contact with you. Um uh, Yes, sir. I agree. He says, Melkor, the time is yours. He's, he says, thank, thank you, sir. And he sits down. And for the first time, he looks at you. <laughs> and he says, please, sit. I do, but it's like very like slowly, like very cautious. Okay, so on the table in front of you, um, there's a candle, it's not lit, and there is a bowl. Up close, it looks like porcelain that is painted gold. And he says, Bracken, um, I, I know I know that my son was not the one you intended to kill he like breathes real heavily he says the truth is it should have been me and when I when I came home, because I don't know how to quit work, when I came home, I, 
I, I, I saw you holding... I saw you holding him. I could tell he was dead. I knew there was nothing I could do. And I wanted to act out in anger, but... You would have had every right to. But then you began to scream. Rakesh, Rakesh, Rakesh. Relin, Relin, Relin. And his voice breaks. I couldn't. And he says, I, I don't know if you remember this part. He said, or he says, uh, I don't know if you remember this at all. He says, but I... He says, I took Killian out of your arms. And you just kept screaming. Thank God there was a thunderstorm that night. Or the neighbors would have been looking. You kept yelling, Rakesh, Brelin, Rakesh. He kept asking, why couldn't you save them? And in a flash, his hand falls on the porcelain bowl. And the bowl shatters. Bracken immediately, like, flinched back. And you see him, he reaches and he takes off this necklace that he has. When he breaks the bowl, it breaks into like six pieces. And you see him as he as he continues to talk. He takes the stopper off of this vial. And he fills he like runs all, he runs it along the side of one of these cracks. And he puts he joins two pieces and he holds the two and he does this for all six and he he keeps talking about the events of that night that he stood you up after he placed Killian back in bed um, that he wrapped you in his own cloak um he said at one point you went catatonic. You went silent. You wouldn't answer. You wouldn't say anything. You even refused to scream. I got you downstairs. I got you into the alleyway. But I couldn't get you any further. And as he, as he says this, he finishes putting the bowl back together. And you see that there's this golden joinery now. He says, every year I buy hundreds of these bowls. 
they cost me two gold apiece. And I sell them for six. And he says, but like this, I can sell it for ten. And it's more beautiful than it was than when it was whole. I don't know what you need to be whole. But and and he he reaches out and he grabs like you you start to flinch and he he just he he puts his hand right there on the table and he says the broken girl that I saw that night can be like this and he says you do not have to carry the weight of Killian's death he says it's on me let me take it so kind because I have been so cruel it is my cruelty not yours that killed my son I asked I asked about the names you screamed at me There was an orphanage. There was a professor. Bracken, look at me, please. Bracken. You are forgiven. And he places the bowl in front of you. He holds folds his hands and he puts his hands in his lap why I took your son she just shakes her head I don't deserve forgiveness for anything that I've done And so many people, most of them did not deserve it. Why? Because you are a child. rubs her eyes and um Kilrin stands Melkor do you have anything else you wish to say to Bracken or is your business concluded 
No, sir. My, my business is concluded if... Yeah. My business is concluded. The guilt is not hers, it's mine. And you... You see... You see Kilrin... He casts... He begins to cast a spell. And there's this... Pull in your chest. And it, it's like it comes out of your pores. There's this... Long, black, inky, amorphous thing. And it goes to Melkor. And he holds his hand. And it, as it gets to his hand, it falls on his hand. And he, he cups it. He places one hand over the other, and he holds it, and he strains against it, and it sinks in. And you notice your tears have faded, and you you look the the spot on your chest, just below your clavicle where this thing came out there are now cracks in your skin and they're filled with gold so now you have a it's like a three inch gold crack or it's like a three inch crack and it's filled with gold um Malcor stands and he says uh, I thank the council for its time he just he doesn't say anything else to you he just kind of nods his head and he is escorted away can Galen roll a check of some kind because in Bashford yeah Hollick mentioned boogeyman yeah Galen would have heard of the boogeyman yep and uh he's just found out that Bracken was an assassin is there a check that a history or inte general intelligence? Just roll intelligence. Yeah. Which I don't have any bonus to. <laughs> uh, 11. You think it's reasonable that, you know, yeah, that these two are probably connected? Okay. And Kelrin looks at you. Bracken. Bracken, our business is concluded. He just nods. Um, you notice that the bowl that was on the table, the gold is no longer there. The the bowl is back together. But the but it it appears to you the gold that was on the bowl the golden joinery is now filling in this crack 
that formed in your skin. And you are escorted back to that changing room. Galen, would you like to say anything to Kaelrin before? No. Okay. Bracket, you're back in that changing room. What would you like to do? Just kind of the second the door closes, um, just kind of drops to her knees for a second and just probably just sobs, just releasing everything. Um, she probably sits there for a minute and then wipes her eyes, puts her stuff back on, puts her daggers back on her belt and in her boots and whatnot, makes sure her letters, the two main ones, are tucked safely in her armor. Okay. And I'll walk out. Okay. Dino. Catherine. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, that was... That was... <laughs> And the Oscar goes too. That was that was fantastic. Oh guys. man! No, that was very enjoyable. Um, you too. Uh, you were able to spend the day. Uh, yeah, you're able to spend the day studying. Um, do you talk to each other through the day? Or are you just reading your books, doing your thing. Um, probably break for lunch. Not like a big lunch, just yeah. you know, probably grab some of the rations or dry yeah. jerky or something. Eat. Yeah. Um, I would only light one candle for myself just to okay. keep any like semblance of weird being here down uh, at a time. So like I light one, let it burn for a little bit, blow it out, put another one. So I'm trying to like minimize yeah. any. Like I don't want one candle to be like way shorter all of a sudden. Okay. Um, Studying the book, kind of probably peeking over every once in a while, just like seeing how she's doing. So, what you reading? Uh, it's this book that uh, Balthazar gave me. Hmm. What about you? Um, a book Nara still gave me. I look at, I hold my cover up and I look at <laughs> yours. Are they the same book? No. Okay. Okay. What's your book about? Uh, stuff. <laughs> I don't know. What's your book about? <laughs> I don't know. What's your book about? So, uh, are you not going to tell me because of secrets, or are you going to tell me because it's like. Well, I don't. It's weird because I don't know that I should tell you. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, you could put me in danger? Or <laughs> someone told you that <laughs> the DM laughs like you're already not in danger. <laughs> yeah, like there's not an assassin at the door right now. So like that you could put me in danger, or that Narasol told you not to tell me. Honestly, I don't know at this point. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> um, maybe I'll just leave it at Narasol gave me a book. Okay. Now I'm I mean, Holic didn't give me a book. I mean, Holic you... didn't think you could read. <laughs> Yo, shut up. You knew I could read. I'd have to sound things out a little bit, but I know how to read. <laughs> There's a difference between reading and understanding. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. I could sneak attack damage. 
I mean, are are you comfortable telling me what your book's about? Yeah, my book's about a language. Okay. That's something that I'm going to need to know when we get to Tomoka. Mine's about magic. Okay. I thought you liked to hit stuff more. I mean, you saw me fight. I like to be able to do both. Okay. I really like to heal. You do? That's kind of always been my dream. Really? It's interesting that you're really good at hitting stuff and hurting things, but you like to heal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say this wasn't the path I planned on taking. Really? Um, is there anything you want to share like about that? Get that off your chest? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I said the enough. You gotta get her to lie down on the couch first. <laughs> then you ask the hard questions. I'm just gonna cast a spell on her. <laughs> As he makes, creep, he makes creepy eyebrows. <laughs> no, I... No. I, I don't talk about my past. You say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't talk about my past. This is the most I've talked about it. Yeah. I'm just gonna go back to reading my book now. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um while she is reading, I'm gonna cast detect thoughts on her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna push. All right. I just want to get the general, what's going on? Okay. Is she, like, I'm at, like, the surface level, you know, yeah. before not pushing in to get to make the save. I'm, I'm so just curious. Proud. Yeah. I'm so All right. Cathro, what are your surface level thoughts? Um, I'm trying to figure out what surface level would be. So, like, don't give me, I am reading this sentence, like, more like maybe vague general feelings or why, um, is, he, why is he pushing the... go away go away go away go away go <laughs> away <laughs> shut up shut up shut up uh probably a little bit of how how did how did this happen is this gonna work stuff like that all right So, um, eight hours pass, you both finish reading your books. Um, Dindal, you are now proficient in the language that that book specifies. Cool. You are the only person outside of the brothers that knows that language. <laughs> um, and you know how to speak, read, and write it. Catherine. Yes. You finish Naristel's book. Um, I will say, Daniel, Naristel gave you that book as well. So you both have books that Naristel gave you. Okay, so it was Naristel that gave me that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my mistake. Um, oh, that would have made it. Would that have changed? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we still would have been like, what? <laughs> Um, DM to player, do you trust me? Yeah. Eight hours go by, 
you finish reading this book. Um, as as you read it, um, as you finish, um, you don't even realize this is happening, but these small like peels of lightning crackle around your skin. Does he notice this? <laughs> as it gets onto the day, uh, like like as like after you finish the book, yes, mm -hmm. he does. He does realize it, and he just kind of sits there and is like, uh, what is going on? So, there's these small peels of lightning. They don't go far, you know, an inch or two off your face. Um, and there's, there is finally this rush of there's a small rush of wind and you feel you feel the things you feel the thing that connected you to the hammer disappear um when you were connected to the hammer because of Thor's blessing there was this, there was like a hum that kind of stuck in the back of your head. Um, that was this like manifestation of power. Mm -hmm. And that goes away. And in your head, there's a shift. Things, um, things of arcane nature that you didn't really know. Um, shift and they begin to make sense and some of the, the the benefit that you reaped from being connected to Thor goes away mm -hmm. um if you're okay I'm gonna say it mm -hmm. okay uh so at this last point you look at Dindal across the table from you and you look and you see her eyes have gone white um, very similar to how they were in the forest this um, is my fear <laughs> <laughs> this is how Dindel dies this is dies. my nightmare <laughs> um, you uh, the peels of lightning um, they kind of like they get bigger they arc back um, and Unbeknownst to you, you don't realize it, but you begin to float. You're like levitating. Um, the hammer falls off your belt of its own volition. Um, and you have completed your transformation from a cleric to a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! I was, I was, my money was on sorcerer. <laughs> Uh, up until about two weeks ago, I didn't know. Um, and the hammer falls, and there's this bright light that just comes off of you. Mm -hmm. Um, you, your feet touch the ground. Um, the armor that you wore, you don't have it anymore. 
um, you have robes now. Um, uh, similar to what you have always seen Narsto wear, mm-hmm. these pearlescent white robes, mm-hmm. you are very much wearing the same thing. Um, the um, you look on your arm and on your arm is this mark what does the mark look like um think almost tribal but okay. um but more feminine i okay. guess yeah. yeah um so it's it's elegant it's mm-hmm. curved and what you see um because it's it's pearlescent mm-hmm um, and and as as you're as you kind of twist your arm and look, um, it ripples and changes colors um, from from that from that white to mm-hmm. different colors of a rainbow um, as it catches the candlelight. And Dindal, you see this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what you what you recognize. And what you recognize, this mark is a dragon. You two know what this is. <laughs> because you have seen Naristel's true form. Mm-hmm. And you have seen Balthazar's true form. What is happening? <laughs> I yes! knew it! I called it! And that's where we're going to end this episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Crack in the Plan. We'll see you next week. This has been a Pale Horse Companion production. All episodes are recorded in Columbia, Tennessee. Our editor is Jordan Wilhite. Our assistant editors are Angie Brady. Daniel Brady, Meg Sandella, and Danny Valencia. Artwork for the show is generously provided by Isaac Kirstead.